FromTheHeart.org Radio, in collaboration with Mayo Clinic, you are listening to Mayo Clinic Talks with Dr. Bernard Gersh. Hello, I'm Bernard Gersh at the Mayo Clinic, and I have the pleasure today of interviewing one of our third year cardiovascular fellows, uh, Dr. Makram or Mac Elid who's going to discuss uh, a really fascinating and, and complex topic, namely uh, the entity of low-flow, low-gradient uh, aortic stenosis. Welcome, Mac. Thanks for having me, Dr. Uh, can you just sort of tell us a little bit about um, yeah, what's happened in the last few years that has made us focus on this? What, what is, uh, because there's been a lot written, a lot discussed. Sure. Well, really in the last five to six, five to seven years, it's, it's emerged of thinking about calcific aortic stenosis more, more as a systemic disease involving um, the arteries as well, not only the valve itself. And uh, there have been several studies looking at arterial compliance in these patients and uh, as well as looking at other markers of uh, systolic function besides the ejection fraction. So what we're really describing here are patients that have a preserved ejection fraction, but exactly. low flow and the low gradient. Correct. So, yeah. And I think we really need to emphasize to our audience that this is very different from the patient with uh, a low gradient and a low flow, but very poor ventricular function. Very different. Where we look for, you know, dobutamine reserve and so on, uh, cardiac reserve with dobutamine st- challenge and so on. Right. So this is low flow, low gradient, but preserved ejection fraction. And what is the pathophysiology? or at least the postulated pathophysiology. Right, and a lot of it is um, postulated at this point, but there have been studies, um, uh, a lot of them coming from the group in Quebec, Dr. Pibero and his group looking at systemic arterial compliance and other measures of afterload and showing that patients with low flow severe AS do have um, decreased arterial compliance. And um, they've also... Uh, developed a tool that that we're using more commonly in practice now called the valvulo-arterial impedance, which is a measure of global afterload, taking into account both um, the valvular effects and the arterial uh, effects. So the, 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 the concept really is that the reason for the low flow is not just valvular stenosis, and the reason for the low flow and the low gradient but there's an increased impedance once you get beyond the valve. Exactly. So there's an impedance, uh, an impedance to flow or an increased afterload, so to speak, that is not just valvular, it's vascular. Exactly. So, and, and what's the frequency of this? If you take 100 patients with severe aortic stenosis, how often are we likely to encounter this? Well, that's, that's actually one of the main points of our, our recent study that we'll be presenting at uh, European Society of Cardiology because there's really been varying uh, information about what the true frequency is and some confusion because there's also just low-gradient aortic, severe aortic stenosis with preserved ejection fraction, not taking into account the flow. And that has been postulated to be about 35 to 45% of patients with an aortic valve area less than one. Um, so who have, who have a low gradient. Just a low gradient, not taking into account whether or not the flow of the stroke well, why, volume index. But it's the same disease, isn't it? Isn't the same entity? It's actually not, and that's, uh, that's one of the, the reasons for looking at the flow and, and the gradient individually. Looking at patients with um, low flow, low gradient, normal flow, low gradient, uh, 
normal flow high gradient and low flow high gradient. So, so tell me um, in the low gradient capacity, um, the low gradient group, preserved ejection fraction, low gradient, but normal flow. What's the pathophysiology of that condition? That's a very interesting uh, disease entity, and that that's. Um, I, I believe that's probably. I mean, the, how do we know? It's just that the gradient hasn't been mismeasured, right? And that's that's one of the major causes of discordant aortic uh, stenosis severity criteria and uh, incorrect or measurement error, which um, is is a problem when we're when we're trying to measure the left ventricular outflow tract diameter in the echo lab, because um, with a calcific valve it can be underestimated quite easily, which then can end up underestimating the aortic valve area and overestimating severity. But still, tell uh, I want to pin you down on this. I still want to know, what, even allowing for the fact that some patients it may be uh, in, a, in an inaccurate measurement, you are still saying there is the entity of a low gradient with normal flow and severe AS, and that's different from low gradient, low flow, normal um, and severe AS. Yes, it is different. And, and what, what we found in our studies um, of about 1,900 patients is that the, the normal flow, low gradient, severe AS population is about 24% of patients with an aortic valve area less than one, whereas the um, low flow, low gradient, also termed paradoxical low flow, low gradient severe AS that has been shown to have a high, a worse prognosis um, is about 5%, which is the lowest prevalence that's been shown. So, so why, why would these people with normal flow have a low gradient? That's... Um, one of one of the as we said measurement error is one possibility but the other thing that really stands out when you look at the characteristics of those patients is that they have a smaller body size and um, they also have a higher prevalence of women they also have the lowest valvulo arterial impedance so that really brings up the whole issue of the 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 whole concept that all valve areas are not the same for this for all body sizes and that we really need to think about is um, you know what is what should be a, a yeah. severe aortic valve area for someone who is a smaller person? So what do you if you use index? What do you consider the cutoff? Well, I, the guidelines say zero point six, and I know um, a lot of uh, a lot of our experts here use zero point five. I think zero point five would probably be a more discriminatory number to use. So, and who are the patients out there with low flow? Low flow, low gradient AS. What do they look like clinically? Um, well, in in our in our study, um, the patients are generally um, they're in their seventies, similar to all all the other aortic stenosis patients. They're more they have a higher predominance of men, uh, which is also similar for most of the aortic stenosis groups. But their LV geometry is one of the things that stands out. They have more concentric hypertrophy as opposed to uh, sorry, concentric remodeling as opposed to concentric hypertrophy. And what do you mean by concentric remodeling? Just dilatation? They they have the smaller LV cavity size and a higher relative wall thickness, but their left ventricular mass isn't as high. And um, and that has been shown uh, has been associated with hypertension. And what about um, do, do they have increased arterial stiffness? To account for the after increased afterload, they definitely impedance. do. They they have a reduced arterial compliance. And so we get a take us through the clinical scenario. We see a patient, examine the patient. Patient looks like they have, you know, moderate to severe aortic stenosis, and um, we get back. What measurement will we get back? We'll get 
uh, low valve area, but the gradient will be under 40. Mm -hmm. And then what, what other measurements are, you, are we going to get from you? Sure. Well, um, of course, we look at the ejection fraction, which is... Uh, okay, so it's preserved. Preserved ejection fraction. Um, so those are, are basically the traditional things. We also look at peak aortic jet velocity. Yeah, but what, what must I do as a clinician to say, oh, I'm dealing with a low flow, low gradient, severe AS. What flow measurement are you going to give me? Sure. The stroke volume index is what we use, and, and the number that we've been using is... Uh, less than 35 milliliters per meter squared is considered low flow. Okay, so now I get a report back that says it's less than 35 milliliters per meter squared. The gradient is 25, the valve area is under one or indexed around under 0.6 or lower. So now I know I'm dealing with low flow, low gradient aortic stenosis. If I get a report back that says the stroke volume index is greater than 35, but the gradient is low, and the ejection reaction is good, and the valve area is low. I'm now dealing with normal flow, but low gradient aortic stenosis. Correct. Right. Right. So the patient is symptomatic. Uh, what do I do next? Well, I, th I think for um, both groups of patients. I sure. Know. I mean, it's a different. You know, conceptually, this is not easy. So let's take. The, the patient with low flow, low gradient, severe AS, sure. preserved EF. What do I do? Call a surgeon? Well, it's, it is a complex, complex decision-making process, considering you have to also take into account the exam findings and whether or not you're... Yeah, I think that when I, when, I, when I examine the patient, I mean, my, my, my own feeling has been, if I think clinically it's severe AS and the echo says it's severe AS, then I shoot the coronaries and get a surgeon. Mm -hmm. If I think it's clinically mild on examination, and the echo says it's mild, then that's the end of the story, it's mild. If there's discordance, then I want a hemodynamic study, because sometimes the echo's wrong, sometimes I'm wrong. Exactly. And um, we're both fallible. So here we're taking a patient where my clinical assessment is, yeah, this is severe AS. And you get the report back, but you say it is low gradient and it's low flow. What should I do? Mm -hmm. I think the those patients should uh, are have a worse long term prognosis unoperated. So those are patients that that we really need to to be referring for aortic valve replacement uh, based on what am, data we have. Am I correct that the data says they have to be symptomatic? Um, the the data that we have, the observational studies, have included both symptomatic and asymptomatic, okay. um, and and that was the Hachicha paper from yeah. two thousand seven. Yeah. More recently, there was a, pa a paper by Dr. Lancelotti from Belgium yes. um, of about one hundred and fifty patients that were all asymptomatic, and they still had a worse prognosis. Oh, they did. Um, they did. So it's like it's patients. like just ordinary aortic stenosis. I mean, you're complicating our lives. You know we. I thought aortic stenosis was all cut and dried. No, it's, it's not so cut and dried. It's dry. becoming more complicated. But basically, it's same treatment if they're symptomatic. Right. Right. Now, just to wrap up, what about the patient where the stroke volume index is greater than 35, the gradient is 25, EF is fine, valve area is 0.6. So now we're dealing with normal flow, low gradient aortic stenosis, mm -hmm. severe AS. Management the same? 
I think that population, we have to look closely again at the echocardiogram, also look at some of the 2D features of the valve, and, and, and also think about our clinical assessment. If, if, if we feel that it's more of a moderate aortic stenosis than, and the patient's asymptomatic, than uh, close clinical follow-up with serial assessment. So you're actually drawing a distinction between low flow, low gradient, and normal flow, low gradient. Right. Low flow, low gradient, we really do think is prognostically poor, but low flow, um, I mean, low gradient, normal flow, we are saying prognosis is a little more uncertain. Right, and, and the, the data we have so far shows that their prognosis is more similar to patients with moderate aortic stenosis. Um, but I think more data will be helpful in that regard. We're also going to be looking at, at our population. and looking So at I just want to summarize that again because, I, I mean, I think we can't repeat it often enough, and that is um, severe AS based on valve area, normal ejection fraction, low flow, low gradient, adverse prognostic significance, we have data to show that this is improved by valve replacement. The second entity, which will be, again, um, severe AS based on valve area, preserved ejection fraction, um, normal flow, but low gradient, has a prognosis more like moderate AS, and we would watch them clinically. That, yeah. So, Would that be fair? I think that fits, yeah. Back the other last thing I wanted to ask you was because of some of the questions about Know, the, the accuracy of measurement. How often do you think we should be taking these patients to the cath lab well, and uh, looking at them maybe with dobutamine stimulation and other things as well, although sure. I don't know how effective dobutamine would be if they already have a, a preserved ejection fraction. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's, a, that's, a, um, that's another study that we're doing now with nitroprusside actually to, mm-hmm. to actually normalize the afterload of these patients in the cath lab and increase their cardiac output. Um, and then in, in some of these patients, we can diagnose true severe AS versus pseudo-severe Oh, that's AS. interesting, and that's, uh, that's logical, too. Mm-hmm. And so we have been, we've already enrolled a couple of patients in that. Uh, now, that's a research investigation, but just from a clinical standpoint, right. how often do you think we should be going to the cath lab? Well, I think, you know, the guidelines uh, um, are are pretty clear and I think helpful in, in that if, if the clinical exam is discordant from what right. what our echo has shown, then that's one, uh, that would be the, the major okay. indication to proceed with hemodynamic. Okay, but if it's clinically severe, echocardiographically severe, we can hold off. Mm-hmm. Hold off at least in cath hemodynamic study. Right, because there is there is a risk. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I'm, I must say, um, as I mentioned earlier, I think you're complicating our lives, but it's very interesting. Yep. Well, we have a lot more to figure out, but thank you. Thank you, Mac. You've been listening to Mayo Clinic Talks with Dr. Bernard Gersh. Visit theheart.org to find out more.